Maybe we can move the board against that vase or something on the side because it's sort of, I'm behind it now. Better, yeah. So we're reading from Srimad Bhagavatam, third canto, chapter 25, the glories of devotional service, text 25. Satam prasangam amavirya samvido Bhavantiritkarnarasayanakata Tajo Sanata Svaparvargavatmani Sadaratir Bhakti Ranukramisyati Satam Prasangam Namavirya Samvido Bhavantiritkarnarasayanakata Tajo Sanata Swapavargavatmani Sadaratir Bhakti Ranukramisyati Satam Prasangam Amavirya Samvido Bhavantiritkarnarasayanakata Tats Josanata Swapavargavatmani Sadaratir Bhakti Ranukramisyati Sadaratir Bhakti Ranukramisyati Sadaratir Tajosanada Svapavarga Vartmani 
Shraddharatirbhaktiranukramishyati Ladies. Satam of pure devotees, prasangat through the association, mama my virya wonderful activities, samvidaha by discussion of bhavanti become rich to the heart, karna in the ear, rasana, gosh, broken up, rasayana, pleasing, kataha, the stories, taj, of that, josanat, by cultivation, ashu, quickly, Apavarga of liberation. Vartmani on the path. Shraddha firm face. Rati attraction. Bhakti devotion. Anukramisyati will follow in order. Translation. In the association of pure devotees, discussion of the pastimes and activities of the Supreme Personality of Godhead is very pleasing and satisfying to the ear and the heart. By cultivating such knowledge, one gradually becomes advanced on the path of liberation, and therefore he is freed and his attraction becomes uh, fixed. Then real devotion and devotional service begin. The process of advancing in Krishna consciousness and devotional service is described here. The first point is that one must seek the association of persons who are Krishna conscious and who engage in devotional service. Without such association, one cannot make advances, advancement. Simply by theoretical knowledge or study, one cannot make any appreciable advancement. One must give up the association of materialistic persons and seek the association of devotees, because without the association of devotees, one cannot understand the activities of the Lord. Generally, people are convinced of the impersonal feature of the absolute truth, because they do not associate with devotees. They cannot understand that the absolute truth can be a person, and, sorry, and have personal activities. This is a very difficult subject matter, and unless one has personal understanding of the absolute truth, there's no meaning to devotion. Service or devotion cannot be offered to anything impersonal. Service must be offered to a person. Non-devotees cannot appreciate Krishna consciousness by reading the Srimad Bhagavatam or any other Vedic literature wherein the activities of the Lord are described. They think that these activities are fictional, manufactured stories, because spiritual life is not explained to them in the proper mood. To understand the personal activities of the Lord, one is to seek the association of devotees, and by such association, 
when one contemplates and tries to understand the transcendental activities of the Lord, the path to liberation is open and he is freed. One who has firm faith in the Supreme Personality of God, it becomes fixed and his attraction for association with the Lord and the devotees increases. Association with devotees means association with the Lord. The devotee who makes the association develops the consciousness of for rendering service to the Lord. And then, being situated in the transcendental position of devotional service, he gradually becomes perfect. Oma Gyanati Manandasya Gyanandana Salakya Shaksurun Militam Yena Tasmai Si Guru Venamaha Shi Chaitanamanobistam Stapitam Yena Bhutale Svayam Rupa Kadamayam Dharati Svapadantikam Si Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nichananda Si Advaita Gadadhar Sivasadi Gora Bhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Once Srila Prabhupada was asked how many pure devotees there were in the world and Prabhupada simply asked how many devotees are there in our society in Iskon and they they gave a number and Prabhupada said that's how many pure devotees are there so also in the fourth canto in the narrative about Dhruva Maharaj there is that verse, Akama Sarva Kama Vamoksha Kama Udaridi Tivrena Bhakti Yogena Yeta Purushampara. It is said whether one has material desires or whether one doesn't have material desires, one should engage in pure devotional service with great force. Hmm. So, Tivrena Bhakti Yogena, unadulterated devotional service. So that is what our movement is dedicated to, to unadulterated devotional service. And somehow, uh, um, that is the common standard. That is really uh, our main activity. Um, here we see that there is uh, naturally uh, discussions and thinking about the Supreme Personality of Godhead. This is, uh, this is what Vaishnavas do. Machita matgata pranas bodhiyantas parasparam gatiyantas chamanischa tushanticha ramanticha. So that we are always satisfied and enjoying simply hearing about Krishna. Um, there, such uh, such messages about Krishna, they are uh, relishable. Um, first of all, Krishna uh, is very playful. Krishna has his his ways of dealing. Um, I, for example, I like how Krishna dealt with Kaliya in a. Uh, in a very expert way. Here's this Kaliya, he has poisoned all Krishna's friends and so on. And Krishna, uh, he grabbed Krishna in his coils, but Krishna freed himself and danced on his hoots. And uh, then Krishna, during the dancing, begin to, begins to kick these hoots of Kaliya. And in this way punishes him. Kaliya gets a huge headache and at one point starts to cough up blood. Then it begins to look serious. At that point, Kaliya's wives appear and they offer prayers. They offer prayers to the Supreme Lord and subsequently, the Supreme Lord is, um, is, is obliged by their devotion uh, because Krishna is purchased. Mukti dadati bhakti na 
Liberation I will give you, but I will not give you devotional service. Because by devotional service, I am purchased. Um, so, in this way, Krishna became purchased by the devotional offering of the wives of Kaliya. And, uh, and so, he did not kill Kaliya. By having been touched by the dust of the feet of the Lord on his head, Kaliya had now become purified. And Kaliya actually expressed uh, that he had been full of envy, and, but that now, uh, now he was ready to submit to the Supreme Lord. Krishna was not just so easily enamored. Krishna said, yes, that's very nice. Uh, you know, that you want to surrender and so on, but you can't stay here right? because you're poisoning all the water here and we can't have that. So you should return to your abode. Now we hear that Kaliya was from the Ramanaka Island and that uh, that was an island filled with snakes, many, many snakes. And Garuda, therefore, used to go to that island to, to eat the snakes, because he eats snakes. So it became a bit of a problem, because all the time Garuda would appear and just randomly start eating snakes. So the snakes made a deal with Garuda that they would, uh, would once a month make, a, make an offering. And then, you know, someone had to be sacrificed, and Garuda would just then limit himself to that. So, but Kaliya, <clears throat> who was the king, was thinking, ha, who is this Garuda, right? Why would we have to make offerings to him? And so Kaliya was ready to, to fight with, uh, with Garuda, but it wasn't so successful. So, because Garuda once had been cursed that he could not come to the Yamuna, therefore Kaliya had taken shelter there. And Krishna very nicely explained now, my dear uh, Kaliya, um, you can go now to your kingdom because I've danced on your hoods, my footprints are there. Um, he actually didn't say Kaliya, he said, my dear king of the snakes. So Kaliya felt like, oh, he knows I'm a king. Yeah. So he flattered, it, flattered him, and Kaliya felt good. Then Krishna not only told him he was a king to flatter him, but he also told him he was a king so that he should go back to his kingdom. After all, he's a king. Right? So return to your kingdom and you can go because my footprints are on your head. Garuda will not disturb you. So in this way, in, in, the, in the Krishna book, no, not Krishna book, in the Nectar of Devotion, <coughs> Krishna is described as a pleasing talker. And then this example is given of how he dealt with, uh, with Kaliya. So, yeah, all these qualities in Krishna are very nice. Uh, in the Nectar of Devotion, there is a chapter, two chapters actually, dedicated to the qualities of Krishna. So one is, he's a pleasing talker. And another one is how Krishna is is very very merciful and that's the case of Draupadi <clears throat> because Draupadi <coughs> was disrobed in a public assembly uh, at least they were trying and uh, at one point, Jopadi was holding on to her sari. But then, you know, Dusasana had enormous arms as a powerful Ksatriya, so what could she do? So she just gave up and threw her hands in the air and called out, Hey, Govinda. It said, then Krishna supplied unlimited lengths, uh, unlimited lengths of cloth, and the whole room filled up with cloth, and her body remained covered. So in this way, her chastity was not compromised. And Krishna took care. And Krishna says, Krishna says, whenever, whenever I remember 
how Draupadi just in that situation raised her arms and just called out, Hey Govinda, my appreciation for her increases. So this is another quality of Krishna described in the nectar of devotion. And there we're seeing that Krishna is very generous. His mercy is extraordinary because his appreciation is increasing whenever he remembers. So that is Krishna. Krishna, when he sees our service, he's very appreciative. But not only once, increasingly appreciative. That means what a wonderful character Krishna has. So when we are looking at, at the qualities of Krishna, such discussions are naturally pleasing. Right? Because it's amazing that he has such a character, that he's such a personality. Or, yeah, when Indra comes with the rain and he lifts a hill, I mean, that's pretty spectacular. Right? Uh, we have many hills here in this area. And imagine, a hill would be lifted. That would be something. So, in this way, Krishna is indeed interesting. And then, there are so many details, right? One detail is that under that hill of Govardhan, there, that hill had a certain size. And all the residents of Vrindavan, along with their cows, went for shelter. So, technically speaking, if you would calculate by square footage, it should not have been possible. It's like these people would take more space than there was. But somehow or other, everyone fit. So that's also very encouraging. Here Krishna is encouraging us. From, don't worry. Don't worry. I can give shelter to unlimited living beings. So there's absolutely no cause to, to think, yes, but will Krishna also... Uh, protect me. Yes, he will. Uh, Krishna protects every living being. Finally, Krishna is also described as Achuta. And Achuta means the infallible. And Srila Prabhupada said, yes, infallible. Krishna is the one who never fails to notice the smallest service rendered. So in this way, by discussing topics of Krishna, we are naturally uh, becoming enlivened um, because here is hope. Oh yes, the material world. Well, uh, what shall we say about the material world? Happiness and distress. What are we going to do about it? Dukalium asasvatam. In fact, it says in Bhagavad Gita, everything is asasvatam, temporary, and it is dukalium. It is actually all, all misery. Now, doesn't that sound a little negative? All misery. Uh, how is it all misery? I mean, look, it's beautiful weather. Hey, sunshine in Belgium. That's very good. Right? Uh, nice. So we are happy that it has been beautiful weather the last few days. I'm definitely happy about it. And, and today again, it's, it's perfect. Uh, we came here in Radish. We could have also been sitting in this tent with pouring rain and sort of cold and damp and thinking, oh, I want to go home. <laughs> I have I've been intense under such circumstances. Uh, so, but now it's nice. Yes, so how can we call the material world Dukalium, a place of misery? Well, I have to offer you some mathematics, right? Okay, so the first point is there is misery. So misery equals misery, right? Mathematically, that's done. But now happiness, right? Happiness plus temporary is misery. You see? That's the point. Yeah. So therefore, dukalium. Therefore, the material world is described as misery. Although we're enjoying. Yes, we're enjoying, but the enjoyment is the setup for the separation of the enjoyment. Now it's gone. 
Oh, oh, what to do now? Uh, it's like uh, I was staying in Mayapur for a while, and I stayed in a in a smaller, well, nice room, but smaller. Um, but there was a kitchen also, and then uh, and then we moved into the conch building because we're doing the construction of the conch building and they, the GBC said we should live in that building. We said, okay, we'll live there. Then after, after the building was finished, we had to move back into the small room. Now, before, I was fully satisfied in that small room. But after I had lived in the big building, in the conch, and I go back to the small room, then I thought, oh God, what a dump. <laughs> Interesting how that works, you see. This is Dukaryam Asashvatam. Uh, first we are fine, but then we get the better facility. Oh, then we cannot go back to where we come from. Uh, yes, like that. Um, sometimes they say a man cannot go back to his village. You know, you come from some village and then. Uh, Oh, you, you've tasted the bigger world. How can you go back to your village? No way. Yes. So, anyway, the point, it illustrates the mathematics I explained. How happiness plus temporary is also misery. Ah, oh, yes. But, so, everyone feels the pinch, right? Everyone feels the pinch. Uh, you know, like you're a child and it's time to go to school now. You're going on your first day to school. It's going to be exciting. Oh, yes. You're going to go to school. Well, I wasn't convinced, actually, <laughs> to tell you. So it's like, hmm, I, s I smell a rat. Right? And sure enough, you know, I mean, it immediately started that we had to sit with our arms like this. <laughs> what is this? Or like that, actually. Uh, what is this now, you know? <laughs> Why have to sit like this? Right? I didn't like that. <laughs> Sitting like that. No. <laughs> I don't like to sit. You like to sit like that? I don't. I find it uncomfortable. <laughs> Even as a kid, I didn't fall for it. I thought it was uncomfortable then, and I think it's uncomfortable now. Uh, but, yeah, I can understand, you know. They didn't want me to mess around with the arms, of course, you know. <laughs> there are ways, even then, right? And otherwise, when the arms are neatly above the table, the feet can kick under the table. <laughs> so, absolutely, there are ways for the rebels, yes? Uh, so, yeah, so this is society. Um, we are being squeezed into a mold. We are, uh, we're meant to become um, what others want us to be. Now, if we can see the point, if we can see the point that we are getting something better, then it's inspiring. But when we're not getting something better, then it's not so inspiring. When there's education in Krishna consciousness, at least you get get that concept of, okay, eternal spiritual benefit and so on. Uh, so then it makes sense. So it was surprising. Surprising that a generation, a generation of young people who were hippies, right? and whatever hippie was, I'm not sure, but whatever that generation was, it was not a generation of discipline. It was a generation of just being free and breaking taboos and, uh, you know, just let it all hang out, as they would say. Um, so, people were surprised. How is it that these people, right, these people took up this very strict, this very strict uh, lifestyle of being a devotee. Um, yes, a very strict lifestyle, absolutely. Uh, but 
a strict lifestyle with a great promise with a great promise uh, because we have we understand when when the Bhagavad Gita explains to us that there is a higher nature and a lower nature we can recognize it within ourselves and we know that somehow or other we are drawn to activities that are not good for us we know it and we know that actually this side of ourselves this side within us that that pulls us to the lower side is a side that we don't really want and but there was no way out there was no way out that was the thing I was exactly thinking about that point before Krishna consciousness yes I'm caught there's no way out of here how do we get out of this out of this situation I know I don't want these things but I do them anyway because there was nothing that that really could give me the strength enough strength to rise above yeah by willpower alone I couldn't do it uh, that is the thing and I'm not alone right by willpower alone I was not strong enough to give up the lower nature but by chanting Hare Krishna it changed I surprised myself uh, by willpower how will we ever follow these four regulative principles I will do it I shall do it I must do it I'm gonna do it ah, I'm but I can do it uh, the psychologists speak about the dynamics between must want and can and these three must want and can they say psychologists say these three are always in conflict with with another you must do something do I want to do it <laughs> must want can I do it <laughs> no my arms are too short <laughs> so somehow or other must want can are, are three driving factors in the world and in the world of psychology they think that these three are always in conflict with another but it is not necessarily so because must want and can can perfectly align in Krishna consciousness it is our duty to serve Krishna I want to serve Krishna and I can't serve Krishna so in this way it it all becomes possible in the Bhagavatam there is a description about Yudhisthira Maharaj and it said that uh, Yudhisthira Maharaj was an exceptional personality he was very saintly and so on and because of his saintliness Yudhisthira Maharaj was blessed and Yudhisthira Maharaj was able to fulfill all of his desires in this world all of them of course he had pious desires he was a pious person but he was able to fulfill all his desire well that didn't happen to me I don't know about you but not to me I still have a few I actually always wanted a hundred million dollars <laughs> I mean because then I could do so many things right that I would that I really would like to do but somehow or other I think I shouldn't desire too hard because otherwise I have to come back for the hundred million dollars or something which is not a good idea although I would want to spend it for Krishna but whatever Krishna desires but yes so one can think of many desires that one could have uh, that are not fulfilled somehow or other in the material world uh, uh, the material world is a difficult place because you have to make choices right? I was speaking yesterday uh, to a young person you know when you're young especially see when you're young you're beautiful when you're young you're full of energy when you're young you know it doesn't matter what happens right you just throw your energy at it 
and you can deal with it. And then, you know, you sleep a little, and the next day you're back in full strength. You know, when you're old, you throw your energy. One week later, you're still tired, <laughs> right? Yeah, so it's a little different. So old people, they get cranky bodies, right? and it's a whole thing, you know, to sort of, like these old cars that have the the handle to start them up. That's sort of an old body in the morning. <coughs> Yeah. So, but when you're young, body is great. But when you're young, there is the mental anxiety, because when you're young, you got to make decisions that are going to influence your entire life. Who are you going to marry? <gasps> Supposed to be for a long time. But if you make a mistake, oh my God, tension, 11,000 volts, very intense. Are you, what are you going to study? Oh, I don't know. Uh, no, 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 what are you going to study? You have to decide, yeah, but I don't know. I don't know what to study. Uh, no, no. Uh, but you have to make a choice, young man. Now, and that choice will determine your life. Ah, my life, <laughs> my, my whole life. So you can understand that uh, when you're young, you have all this pressure, mental pressure. Your head is like hot, garam garam garam, very hot head. Garam dimak. Yes, the head. It becomes hot. Whereas when you're old, you have made all your choices, you know, nothing to worry about, mentally totally peaceful, physically a wreck. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so it's interesting how, how the material dynamics work, isn't it? It is interesting. It's Krishna's plan for us. Uh, like, yeah. So this is the material world. We can see that here we are always going through uh, some purification. Uh, we're going through some purification in the material level. And some get some special purification. And that's it. Um, I have told the story that I was in New York once and I saw a chapati machine. Now, as a devotee, yeah, that's very interesting, isn't it? All of us would be interested in a chapati machine. Wow. That's like, there was a thing they threw, you know, threw just the, the, the flour in there. It mixed with some water. It was stirring it and then making it into a dough. It would go into a slide and then some sort of chopper made little nice pieces of dough and then it went through some rollers and there was a chapati. Then it would fall on a hot plate and, and it would just be cooked for a while. Then some arm came and pushed it onto a slide. Then it would go a level and it would turn, go down, a level down to a second hot plate. And then it was cooked on the other side. And then in the end slides out a chapati. Now the interesting, as I was looking at this, this chapati machine, I found it very interesting. And, and I got philosophical about it. And I was thinking, yes, I am a chapati. <laughs> I am a chapati. And I get cooked on one side, and then I get cooked on the other side. So this is it. We are all chapatis, right? and we all get cooked, no matter what you do. You're going to get cooked on one side, and when you're tired of being cooked on, the, on that side, then you're going to get cooked on the other side. This is life. Yes, this is life. Yes, <clears throat> some chapatis have been really cooked <laughs> a lot, and <laughs> sort of look a little burnt. <laughs> uh, other chapatis are undercooked, you know. And they feel like, I never got properly cooked. Uh, it didn't happen. So sometimes 
in life too much happens and at other times not enough happens. So, yeah. It's, it's both too much. Yes. So, the material energy is particularly part of Krishna's plan to purify us. And then the scriptures, the scriptures give us the understanding, give us the context and make us understand what is happening to us. Of course, very deep personalities just learn from scriptures. Most of us don't. And it is a combination of real life experiences and transcendental knowledge which we receive through scriptures. All this is going on. So in the association of devotees, we get a lot of inspiration, but at the same time, the purification is also going on. So we're living in this world, uh, being purified. But by staying together as devotees, uh, we can deal with it, we can cope. That community of devotees provides us a coping mechanism to deal with the material energy and it provides us the process by which we can progress to the spiritual world. So this is, uh, this is the solution. Uh, devotees are asking me these days, um, in the future, how do we find a Siksha Guru? It's going to be hard if you're going to try that approach. I think Siksha Gurus, you don't go Siksha Guru shopping, you know. I mean, it's not that I'll tell you, go to such and such, go to Mayapur during the Gorpunim time and go Siksha Guru shopping or something like that. No, I wouldn't recommend that approach. I would recommend that simply we associate with the Vaishnavas and that from the community of Vaishnavas, yes, then uh, who knows who we will meet in the community of Vaishnavas. But the community of Vaishnavas itself uh, is our shelter. That is our shelter. It is by staying together. Um, they, they speak about yeah, ISKCON is, is one family, it's a big family. Within that family there are, uh, are particular families of particular spiritual masters. And, and it's this togetherness that is important, community. So a particular group of disciples, the other day Jayadvaita Maharaj mentioned to me, uh, because Maharaj is good at words, you know, so usually we say God family. But he said, yes, it's a community, you know, being a literary man. A community, yes. So this community is needed. Um, the greater community of all the Vaishnavas, the community of God brothers, God sisters, that community will sustain us. And that's simply... Because there, uh, it is said, and I'll end with that, Srila Bhaktivedanta Thakur speaks about the Bhakti Kalpataru, and he says that there is this, uh, this, my spiritual master, he gave me a Kalyana Kalpataru, he gave me an auspicious desire tree. He gave me the desire tree of devotional service. Unfortunately, I didn't look after the tree very well. So the tree became a bit depleted, doesn't look so nice anymore. But in the association of the devotees, that tree can be restored in its original glory. Therefore, let me always be in the association of the devotees. So this is the principle uh, that our our devotional service becomes rejuvenated in the association of the Vaishnavas, in the community of Vaishnavas. And that is why we are here now, uh, to be in the community of Vaishnavas. Uh, that is why 
we do initiations in the community of Vaishnavas. I could also just have a bag of beads and hand them out in the corridors. Uh, excuse me, oh, your name is... And, and by the way, uh, yeah, excuse me, did you get your beads yet? You know, just sort of walking around and handing them out. Is it, would also be possible. But in community, <coughs> it creates that deep bond. When you sit with someone in the fire, <coughs> together in the same fire, okay, it, it creates a bond. You, know? you sit in the same fire. It's like taking birth in the same family, right? from the same mother. It's, it never goes away. You sit, oh, you sit with someone in the same yagya. You know, it's really like that. It's amazing. But th that will stay for the rest of your life. So it was a big fire. There were lots of uh, people sitting in the same fire. So you all be from the same fire. That, that special bond, you know. Oh, we sit in the same fire. So that connection, that community, that will nourish. And then whatever else comes in the community of the Vaishnavas, uh, that Krishna will reveal. No need to go shopping. Krishna, no need for... But how am I going to carry on? Don't worry, Krishna is with you. Krishna is, is protecting us. Krishna takes care of us. Uh, so many things have happened in the history of ISKCON. You know? In the mid-80s, uh, there was a specially difficult time because <clears throat> after Srila Prabhupada's departure, young men, young men took huge responsibilities by becoming spiritual masters at a young age. It was, and they didn't know exactly how to do it. And yes, some got difficulties in, in maintaining so much pressure and their spiritual standards. And so we faced a period where quite a number of gurus fell down. And, and the disciples all felt lost. They felt like, but where are we now? How are we going to go on? We are all alone now. Uh, but we survived. And now we know because Krishna looked after us. Krishna made arrangement. I was one of those. But Krishna made arrangements for us. Krishna took care of us. We didn't... Uh, 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 it wasn't depending on us, harming us, solved us. It was. Krishna was there all along, taking care. So, therefore, don't you worry about the thing. Nothing to worry about. Now there's the New Yorker cartoons. They're really sharp. And there's this one, and there's a group of people sitting around a table. And they're seriously working on a problem. So usually you call that a think tank. But this was not a think tank. It was a worry tank. A worry tank. And they're sitting around the table. And they're worrying. Worrying. And one, one, lady, one lady says, what if something will go wrong? And then next is, one man says, what if nothing will go wrong? <laughs> Let's worry. Let's worry like anything now. We've just found a new reason to worry. The old ones got stale. We have a new one. It's called Kadambakalana Swami. Let's worry. It is not needed. Here's the Bhagavatam. It is timeless. Here's the Bhagavatam. It is eternal. When we are in the association of devotees and there's discussion on Bhagavatam, the virya, the potency will be there. Therefore, Satam Prasanga Mama Virya Samvido Bhavanti Ritkarna Rasayana Kata. Rasayana is a life giver. In Ayurveda, they give you this Rasayana, this, this, uh, some, some, uh, it is usually got alcohol in it actually, schnapps. <laughs> <laughs> they give you some schnapps, some Ayurvedic schnapps, and you drink it. <laughs> 
supposed to uh, revive you. Uh, I once had a bottle of that, and in the beginning, I thought, oh, this is disgusting. But, and I had to take every day. By the end of the week, I started to like the taste. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah. Then I thought, should I get another bottle? They brought me another bottle, but then when the taste was spoiled, <laughs> Krishna protected me. Yeah. Anyway, Rasayan. Um, so this, this rejuvenation, this rejuvenation, is here, simply in discussing Srimad Bhagavatam with the devotees. There we will gain strength. Then anything is possible. Uh, there we'll get taste. When there's taste, yeah, you know, then when there's taste for Krishna consciousness, then who cares about the material energy? But when there's no taste, because we haven't heard for ages, and when we chant hopeless rounds for a long time, and there's no taste left in spiritual life, and we've been living all alone somewhere far away from the thing, then spiritual life becomes a nice dream, something that could have been, but somehow never happened. <laughs> yes, so Satam Prasanga, Mama Veer, Samvido. Let us always turn to the community of the Vaishnavas. Thank you very much. Any questions? Any comments? Okay. I'll take only two questions because uh, I have to go. Yes. Hare Krishna Maharaj, thank you for the class. Um, you mentioned about like devotional service as the phrase a lot. Is there a difference between service and devotional service within the ISKCON community or Krishna consciousness in general? Service and devotion? I, I missed that. Yeah, your, is there a the, your accent is very British, so you have to say a little slow. I'm like, I'm listening again. Is there a difference between service within ISKCON and devotional service within ISKCON? Uh, well, it's... It, it, when we're going into semantics, right, or the the use of of language, um, sometimes we'll just speak, we'll just use the word service, but we really mean devotional service. Uh, the full word that Srila Prabhupada used is devotional service. But sometimes we say service, but it refers to the same devotional servant. Uh, I mean, like when you sign your servant, we don't sign your devotional servant. Right? <laughs> but of course, that's what I mean, your servant in devotion, yes, in, in bhakti, yes. Not just some ordinary mundane servant, no, uh, your devo a devotee servant. So it is included when we say service in ISKCON, service to Krishna. But yes, bhakti is devotional service. Um, generally, scholars translate bhakti as devotion, Prabhupada translated as devotional service, to show that bhakti is always active. The soul is always active. Bhakti is an expression of the soul. And because the soul is always active, therefore devotional service. We have to do something. Prabhupada said, you are American, right? It's like very famous the nation, the prom most prominent nation in the world. It may be changing now. China's coming up. But anyway, so Prabhupada said, okay, so it's not enough to say, I'm American. Now you have to do something American, right? Now you have to do something American, something special. So that's very true, yes. They have to do something special. Yes, so that is the point, that um, when we are saying devotion, I'm a devotee, no. Now we have to do something devotional. Do something. So do some service, some devotional service.
So, same thing. Okay, the other question, and then I go, yes. Chandrika. Uh, yeah, is somebody technical? Somebody turned it off, and, and the people can't deal with that. Hare Krishna. So I was wondering, sometimes when you read your Prabhupada's books, then you're like reading and you think, well, I don't know, that sounds, seems kind of weird or, you know, that doesn't seem very realistic. So I was wondering, like, is doubt something that should be like completely eradicated or is it something that you can like work with? <coughs> Hare Krishna. <laughs> <laughs> She grew up in this movement, and born in, born in this movement. So, um, naturally, has uh, has also questioned Krishna consciousness. Uh, not just that one day you found a Bhagavad Gita and this is the truth, and now I'll just give my whole life to it. No, it's just like. Bhagavad Gita was was there always, <coughs> and yeah, and Krishna consciousness and so on. Um, it says in the in the Bhagavatam that doubt is a symptom of intelligence. So that's okay. That uh, we can look at things and question, but then um, and sometimes it's difficult to understand everything. Does it because uh, sometimes things look different than the practical uh, reality? Um, but for that, we have the Acharyas, you see. For that, we have Srila Prabhupada. You know, like um, he put so much faith in the Bhagavatam, and then he became such an amazing personality. And he put his full faith in the Bhagavatam, and here he is, like, you know beaming with happiness. You know my story that I like to tell about the pictures in, in Germany and they're taking pictures and this with a flash and there's all these light flashes and Prabhupada's just getting blinded by the flash. He says, no more, no more flash. And then they uh, use a slow film, uh, very slow film. It's very sensitive to light. And uh, it was all film. And they needed a light meter to make sure that, that the settings of the lens was all manual, was done properly. So the, suddenly the light meter goes into the maximum. Now looking, did anyone turn on a light? No, no light. It was Prabhupada. And he was beaming with light. And it was a German light meter. <laughs> so this is hard evidence. Yeah. Einfach klar. Yeah. Yes. So Prabhupada is there's is the living proof for us. And that can clear these doubts. Uh, because if, if 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 we have to dig through every detail and turn it over twenty times and then we can get up in years of doubting and this and that. But when we just turn to the the pure devotee, right? The pure devotee is our shortcut. It's because of the pure devotee, all right, then I'll accept it. Because Prabhupada said it. Yes. Because my spiritual master said it. All right, then. Okay, then. I'll put my doubts on the shelf. So put the doubts on the shelf. Um, then uh, Trivikram Maharaj, he once said something which I thought was also good. Trivikram Maharaj says, when I think about my doubts, I just put them aside and instead think about my shortcomings. And when I try to rectify my shortcomings, then my doubts disappear. That's also a pretty good instruction, I think. So that's what I can offer you. Spiritual master, shortcut, Prabhupada, shortcut, then... If you think a little doubting, okay. If you think, think too much about doubts, we get lost in the woods. Better think about our shortcomings. Work on them, and we'll see 
the doubts start disappearing. Our faith will get stronger. Thank you so much, Srila Prabhupada Kijai. I, um, yes, I, Hare Krishna.